Going through uh, the creative process, I think, is what I consider to a lot of kids. I make them comfortable with the idea of not just failure, but they're comfortable with the idea of expressing their ideas in a safe environment. And on top of that, that creativity in itself is an intelligence. Much can be researched and discussed about the creative design process. In this episode, our teacher Aaron Steele shares how his students navigate through the design process, how he promotes creativity, encourages creativity, and also how he provides his students opportunities to be creative. Welcome to Digital Learning, where inspiring educators provide insight into their experiences with digital learning. I'm Chris Zirkel. I am Katie Haywood. I'm Laura Barnes. We are digital learning coordinators for the Wake County Public School System in Raleigh, North Carolina. You can follow us on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, and Google. To access our show notes, visit us at dlc.wcpss.net. There you will find contact information for your area digital learning coordinator who can support you with a variety of digital learning needs. You will also find our monthly newsletter, our podcast episodes, our lunch and learn sessions, and other valuable resources. I'm Aaron Steele. I am currently um, at Nightdale High School. I've been at Nightdale High School for six years. Um, I've taught now, this is my 13th year teaching, and I originally taught on the eastern coast. Uh, shout out to Craven County. Uh, West Craven High School is where I started, and um, next fall I'll actually be at the brand new Willow Spring High School. Um, so I'm looking forward to those changes and uh, leaving my mark here at the at the school. And um, all together, I'm I'm a father first and also proud husband. Uh, I, I love teaching and I love sharing and I love learning things from other teachers. Aaron discusses how important the role of the end product plays in the design process and how students can utilize portfolios to document and showcase their creativity. The, the design process for me is so fun to actually go through and document. I'm a big portfolio guy and I, you know, shout out to all the technology department here in Wake County. I believe is that that is the most essential assessment and I make it full fledged from the semester on and then continue beyond the semester. What, what kind of test sticks with a kid from their freshman year all the way to their senior year, like stays with them and it constantly evolves and grows and then becomes a part of their application process to a university, to a job. I'm big about that. So we were able to adapt that into virtual learning and it took a while. I'm not going to say it was easy peasy. It wasn't a snap. I really honestly feel like we just got uh, a handle of it. But the creative process has been fun to kind of see kids where their first initial thought went. Aaron promotes the design process by providing students opportunities to generate ideas and he shares how he plays a role in this process. Sometimes I ask for generating three ideas, combining three ideas. Sometimes we have swap meets where we just have fun creating and then we cut, put them in a pile and have kids say, I, I like what you did there. I think I will take this to my project. So it's always a constant reinforcement of seeing and thinking and adapting and also implementing into one's work or collaborating even then um, and looking at larger scale projects where collaboration is celebrated. Um, yeah, creativity, I would hope that every school taps into their art teacher's brain and really sees that we're more than just, hey, 
we got a great idea. Can you guys paint something for me? Uh, sometimes we could actually be the idea generator if you actually sit there and talk with us. Uh, you'll be impressed. Um, after you get past like the fundamentals of art, it's that's where we could really start growing into the other half of art, which is just birthing these ideas that's in their brains. So let's kind of go through one. So we're going to go to my baby, the mural. You know, I've always loved this project. It's always been sitting on my brain. It had so many moving parts that I've always said, and this was today's uh, keyword today in class, manifest it. We're going to manifest this thing. We're going to do it. We're going to fund it. We're going to do everything. We're going to go through every hurdle. That took a lot of, like, reprocessing and reprocessing. Like, I don't know if you're making, like, a really fine noodle or something, but a lot of peer evaluations. Everybody in all three classes were to generate one idea with the theme of this broad topic, like equity and equality in America, where kids had to, we, we always like doing brain maps. You would think we'd be doing sketches or sketch notes. No, like little like English brain maps, like what keywords attach to these three words? What do you do with these words as far as creating imagery or symbolic stuff? And reinf like keep going through. So there might be a kid in third period who did something really great in that corner or his entire theme stuck. Then we take people and say, I really like that, but what if? So they actually had miniature presentations. And I, I always kind of give this as a pro tip to teachers. Your kids aren't all going to be public speakers. So it's best to kind of give them smaller scale presentations where a presentation can count with a group of four. Or when they are ready to present, they just present to you through Flipgrid. Or you can have them use a green screen room. And they will share it to you on their own time where it's not presented amongst the whole entire class. That's still a presentation. It's rehearsed. It's mastery. So kids were going through multiple, multiple presentations where kids were like, okay, this is our idea for table eight. And then we went through, of all three classes, the top 20. So the top 20 designs, after going through individuals and groups, sat on my wall. And it almost looked like a crime scene because it was all these sketches with colors and ideas. And then now I went through another refinement process. The processes that Mr. Steele talks about that he uses with his students can really be used in any grade level, any curriculum, any content area. Keeping track of every student's and group's progress can be a daunting task to oversee. Aaron shares how he uses technology to keep the workflow of the design process organized and flowing. <laughs> um, I actually made my own custom design with uh, tables, like on uh, just the table button on Google Slides and present it live. And so when I see groups are knocking out tasks, I'll just hit an X. And it adds a little bit of competitiveness to it. And I don't really give rewards when it's some things that they should be doing. But we actually get to big midterm assessments. It does become team task building um, events because I actually love teaching through gamification. But, yeah, I just kind of keep it there, I think. Um, one of the teachers, our history teacher, uh, she was great with using scrum boards and stuff like that and teaching me um, how you can kind of keep that live. So I've seen a lot of teachers kind of use that. And it, like I said, it's live feedback. It's letting the kids know where they're at as a group or as an individual. Um, some teachers I've seen do regions or, you know, names of like their fully formed gamified classes. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like it, it allows me to facilitate easier than trying to accomplish 30 individuals, I can kind of look at just eight tables and kind of stay that way and pace my way around the room. Encouraging students to be creative and providing them with opportunities to freely be creative is a passion Aaron has and is dedicated to ensure his students experience. It's been one of my internal struggles uh, throughout my career at first because 
um, I, I felt like I wasn't doing a good enough job. Um, I think all art teachers can agree sometimes that there seems to be this loss of innocence as a kid would do this no holds barred, no limitations type project uh, where they weren't really concerned about what they're making. And that freedom is something we're trying to keep and retain. And somewhere it gets lost. It gets lost somewhere. And I'm always like, how do we uh, preserve this uh, childlike approach to art that what you do is not permanent and what you do can always be better and what you can do can always have people's opinions and constructively it helps you find your place in the art world. Like it just comes right back to you. And I think that's what art one through four really is the main goal is to make you become an independent artist, but also identify who you are in terms of style and originality. That to me is so hard to do because once you approach like beyond art two into three, kids are kind of just sitting there like that deep question, who am I and what do I bring? We have so many kids who can replicate easily. Like I'm saying they can do lifelike photorealistic stuff, but when you ask them to do something purely original, what I call the 50-50, replicate and originality, they can't use the other half. And I always have to teach them in the creative process, it's, it's sometimes borrowing. You're just saying, I really like the way they handled this texture. I really like this artist's main palette that they always kind of use. And then you start to see it in your own work. I really like the mark making of this artist throughout the ages. And contemporary artists now do the same thing. They're modeling the past and using it towards expressing who they are. Um, every teacher in the classroom beyond art should always kind of reevaluate at the end of the year what is it that the next crop of students that you'll inherit that you're going to do better. So like for me next year, I know I'm going to do way better when in terms of feedback because COVID has forced us to do that. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. And like I said, uh, it's a safe space. It's, it's really one of those where art allows us automatically to be inclusive. It's 30 voices in the room. If I have 30 students and 30 unique answers to a question. So um, I look at it that way. And to formalize the grading with it, the rubric is enough to control um, some things where kids can still be expressive, but on the same thing, what are my goals I want you guys to accomplish? Like, I want you to utilize a challenge more. If you actually use words like challenge instead of rubric, they're kind of like, oh, you want me to use magazine? Got it. The worst mistake we can make in our lives is to live with regret or just unsure of ourselves that we can't actually do things that we'll live with that for the rest of our lives in art you can be brave enough to try things without judgment and that you would be okay with that and on top of that if you make the mistake i don't want to say build resiliency but on top of that is if you make a mistake there's people there to still guide you further like i always tell kids all the time unless i permanently seal your artwork as if i was sealing a yacht boat of some type your artwork can still be worked on like we can still add to it even if it's in a frame art can ever be evolving so you're always safe you always have this insurance policy sitting there that it can always be fine and i will be there to help you and catch you when you fall aaron offered up some advice for other teachers that want to promote creativity in their practice be more creative with your assessments we are too easily going into things where if you're an English teacher, I don't want you to have to do an art assignment because everybody's in there, but like, 
I can't make a movie poster. I can't make a book cover. I can't even make a stick man. But if you reevaluate your assessments, I've been able to talk to more teachers more now that gamification gets me all giddy. And they've been able to utilize that as like a framework for remodeling assessments. So one of our BTs, and I'm, I always forget the name of the book, um, she was using the game elements from Among Us. So those of you guys who do know that, it was popular amongst all of our kids from elementary to high school for a moment in time there. The kids, depending on how you model Among Us, they'll say, well, this is kind of corny. You're just a teacher trying to you know, like be like us. She was able to actually utilize the game elements from Among Us from like the themes from the book in an English class. So that's getting really creative. Each episode, we wrap up by discussing or referencing the ISTE standards for students that are related to our podcast show topic. And for this particular one, innovative designers, what stands out to me, for example, students know and use a deliberate design process for generating ideas, testing theories, creating innovative artifacts, and for solving authentic problems. And if you'd like some support from your DLC in the design process or promoting creativity and providing opportunities for your students to be creative, feel free to reach out to your local area digital learning coordinator. You can reach us at dlc.wcpss.net. Thanks for listening. For show notes and resources, visit dlc.wcpss.net. You can listen to our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, or Google.